enjoy presenters and other listeners at transradiouk.com. Truck United FC, the new football team for the LGBT community. Visit TIUKUnitedFC.com for more details. Trans Radio UK, here for the community, 24 hours a day. It's Sunday, it's 9pm, that can only mean one thing. It is, of course, time for the LGBTQ Plus Late Show with myself, Kevin, here on Trans Radio. What a week it has been. Happy New Year to everybody. I hope you had an amazing night and I hope this year brings all of the uh, normal wishes of health and happiness and prosperity. And I really do hope it's an incredible year for everybody. Let's face it, 2023 was a tough one for most of us. So fingers crossed. I'll even cross my legs at this point that this is going to be a, a much better year for us all. So I hope you all had a lovely Christmas as well, uh, because I realise I I haven't spoken to you since just before that. So uh, for the first show of 2024, I really wanted to get things underway with a, you know, it's such a mixed bag. It's where else do you get to present a show which is as diverse and has as eclectic a mix of guests as I've got coming up this evening? We're kicking things off with a fantastic queer collective of performers, which includes uh, members of the uh, L, G, B and T community. Every letter is represented. Every one of our incredible Rainbow families represented. And it's, uh, as I say, it's a it's a queer collective. And they're starting a, an incredible event in, in Brighton. And I'm really looking forward. I'm going to be speaking to them in, in just a second. And we jump from that to talking to the former Undersecretary of State for Defence and Minister for Veterans. Now, it, it doesn't really get a much bigger jump than than that, but one of the main reasons that I have uh, the, the, the wonderful Ava Kaplan on the show is because it is, of course, the start of 2024. One of the, I suspect, one of the bigger things to happen this year will be the fact that there will be an election. And I know a lot of our listeners uh, have spoken about how happy they are that that uh, that there's an election coming up. I have to remain somewhat impartial here, but uh, no, I don't have to remain impartial. I think uh, I think certainly our trans listeners uh, will will be happy if we do have a change of government. But um, but Ivor's going to be talking about what it's like to be elected, what it's like to be part of the process of 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 standing for election and and. I've always been fascinated about what it feels like when you actually win and suddenly you're an MP and in Ivor's case, uh, you become, as I said, uh, an Undersecretary of State for Defence and then a Minister for Veterans. So wide array of guests this evening. Uh, it's going to be a hugely varied show. Stay, uh, stay, stay tuned for the ride. I'm going to be here for the next hour. And coming up now, it's the House of Yubaba. This is TransRadioUK.com, transmitting throughout the UK and the world. Now, of course, we're in the deepest, darkest months of winter. And what could be better than taking yourself out on a horrible, cold, uh, rubbish February night and seeing a queer collective of performers right here in Brighton. And uh, I apologise to anybody listening across the country because tonight is a very, uh, it is a very Brighton show, but I had to talk to everybody involved in this event. Now, as I said, it's a a collective of queer performers. Uh, Joining me tonight for the interview, we've got King Crimson, Liberty Nova and Cherry Fake. Well, good evening to all of you. Hey, darling. Hello. And... Um, this is going to be like herding cats coming to who I'm going to come to first, second, third. <laughs> but I am going to start uh, with you, King Crimson. I know some details about the event, but you want to tell us what it's all about and what we can expect. Yes. Um, yes, Kevin. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you very much for having us um, on your show. We're really super excited. Um, we have a brand new show starting on February the 3rd at the Actors in Brighton. Um, It is sort of the brainchild of Cherry Fakewell um, and myself, uh, Cherry Fakewell being uh, Brighton drag queen and promoter. 
Um, I'm in Hastings. I run uh, and produce shows in Hastings and Cherry's produced shows for years and years and years in Brighton. And we actually met um, at one of her shows and became friends. And since then, um, we've been kind of unstoppable, unstoppable producing things. Uh, we produced What We Drag in the Shadows just last December, which was a vampiric uh, theatrical drag play based off the show and so we've decided to come together and like I said we have this brainchild called House of Ubaba <laughs> I can feel it I can feel the chills already <laughs> so basically Kevin we're we're an inclusive show um, we want to celebrate all the areas of the cabaret community um, we really want to be championing um, national as well as international uh, stars of the stage from across the UK and beyond. And obviously from your accent, I think um, I think there'll be very few listeners who haven't tuned into the fact that you're not originally from the uh, from the UK. And just before we came on air, you were saying that uh, that you're uh, that you're Canadian. Yes, I'm Canadian. I'm Canadian, but I've been living in the UK now for 20 years. So, but I still sound Canadian. <laughs> but tell, yes, um... <laughs> tell me about tell me about trying to lose an accent. It's uh, yeah, it's well, something I can definitely yeah. relate to. Now, do you know what? Yeah, what? yeah, I'm really excited about the fact that you're on the show this evening because you are the very first drag king to be on the show. Really? Oh, that's amazing. Oh, well, I feel very honoured. Thank you very much. We have had pretty much, I mean, I'm friends with most of the drag queens in, in London, Brighton and Dublin. So um, I think I've had most of them on the show over the last couple of years. But you're the very first drag king. And drag kings, what's incredible is that I haven't seen a drag king show in some years. And I have a very close affinity and love the art form of drag kings because I, uh, back uh, back 20 years ago, I lived in the most crazy queer apartment in, in Dublin, just by the Guinness Brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Katrina, one of my there were there were uh, four lesbians and two gay lads. It was a huge six bedroom apartment. And uh, one of my flatmates, Katrina, was at that time Dublin's best known drag king. And um, her and her four friends, one of whom won the alternative Miss Ireland, uh, yes. I came home one day to walk into my lounge. I'd only moved in a week. I come home one day and find these four, these four fabulous uh, mustachioed drag kings dancing, <laughs> dancing around my lounge to some form of rockabilly track. And um, uh-huh. I've loved, I've loved the art form. And it's, you know, it's it's something that finally we see uh, the art of of being a drag king embraced on on RuPaul. But it's an art form that just hasn't gained the public attention perhaps in the same way as drag queens have. No, but it's definitely, it's definitely gained going from strength to strength. Um, yeah. So, I mean, having myself and Cherry, we'll both be um, also hosting the show as well as the producing the show. And so I'm really excited to get some of my drag king friends on the show um, to let more people see uh, what we can do. So I'm really excited about that. And you definitely, if you love drag kings, you're definitely going to have to come to our show. Oh, I'm going to come to the show and make sure that we, uh, then and make sure I, I do a follow-up piece on the the uh, show That's about fantastic. it. Thank you. Um, and I should say the actors for a lot of people, we've got a lot of listeners in Brighton. I think most people will, will know that the, uh, that the actors is the, uh, it's the new name for the, uh, uh, God, I've gone a complete mental blank. Um, the Marley, darling. The Marley. The Marley. It's the new name for the <laughs> uh, what was the Marlborough, which was which was always and because because a significant chunk of our listeners, uh, obviously it's trans radio, we're from the trans community. People will remember the Marley as being Brighton's most trans inclusive uh, venue, yeah. and um, and the actors, uh, the actors. I haven't been. Presumably, this is going to take place upstairs in the theater. Uh, yes, they've got a, they've got the theater upstairs still. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't been in the theatre since it's been uh, since it's become the actors. So I'm looking forward to to uh, seeing what they've done up there as well. Yes. Well, we you know, we we have so many acts we have we, we with the cabaret. Like I said, we are going to have obviously drag drag acts, kings, queens, things, monsters, everything in between. But we also have going to have magic. We're going to have circus. We're going to have musical acts, musicians, burlesque. Um, so we really want to have a great variety of acts for the audience. Mm-hmm. 
incredible and i mean i've i've uh, i've seen some of the uh, some of the 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 events that you've staged before cherry i should say for anybody listening it's cherry fakewell and not cherry bomb who has been on the show a few times and people know from the 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 drag bus it's cherry fakewell um but yeah cherry your events uh, i mean in the carolina brunswick and in the curzon you've staged events all over the the city and it's always been one of the really nice things is that the uh you know i i guess with brighton um, there's a lot of the venues that the, the same queens perform in all the time and they're incredibly mm-hmm. talented and that's that's awesome. Um, but Brighton is a seaside resort and certainly for six months of the year, it's tourist focused. So it's all very traditional end of pier drag and, yes. and Brighton is predominantly mm-hmm. true. And one of the lovely things uh, about you, Cherry, is that you have... Uh, you've always staged and given a platform to alternative drag and to drag of every color shape creed um do you know what i mean every inclination and that's really refreshing well that's definitely what we want to bring to this show we want to really highlight you know diversity in the community and how important it is and that's why we have you know a, a wide range of performers you know we have people who've got you know, tra- who are trans um pe- people who are of color um we've got people non-binary uh you know for us you know what matters is that's inside and actually what they bring and they're, they're just wonderful wonderful talents and people i've worked with for many many years but we also have some new performers as well who we haven't worked with and we have one potentially that might come from france and we've got one, some queens that you know live in tokyo and they may come they're back to the uk at some point so we want to get everyone in there and have a bit of a party mm-hmm. but we also want to celebrate pride because we think actually in brighton you know brighton uh, pride is great and it's big and you know it's a really good time of year but we actually don't want that to be lost across the year so we're going to be having a big emphasis on pride of all sorts you know trans pride non-binary pride uh, you know disability pride you know i'm disabled myself i've got autism mm-hmm. and i think i want to bring that bit also into you barbara because that really is very important to us and that was i mean that that this is music to my ears because one of the things that shocked me whenever I, well, actually, when I moved from Dublin to London, the first thing that shocked me was we went out as a collective of of friends uh, many years ago. And with the exception of trans male friends, there, there weren't any trans males as part of our group, but we had trans females, we had gay men, we had lesbian, and we all went out together. We went out and the scene, I guess, was quite small. So we were all very much so non-divided back then. And I moved to London and found it very divided, but also it was... Um, uh, it was representative of of the community as a whole. There were drag queens, queens. Then I moved to Brighton, and with well, the best one in the world, and I adore, and we have some amazing talent here. But I personally felt when I moved to Brighton five and a half years ago, there wasn't perhaps the platform for diversity and inclusion that I would have expected from a city yeah. like Brighton. So it's Absolutely. incredible. The fact that you guys are doing this, I think, deserves a a, a round of uh, applause because it's it's great to see. Oh, well, thank, thank you very you. much, Kevin. Yeah, we really want to bring all the community back together. And I think you've hit yeah. the nail on the head there. It's having those sort of um, divides, which is causing the problem. And with, I mean, I don't want to get too much into politics, but, you know, with how things are at the moment, um, actually, we all need to be together. And that's why we want to have this show. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's not, there's the serious side to that. But we've also got a side of, or well, the three M's, mystery, magic, and mayhem so (laughs) we've got got, (laughs) the three m's we've got the magic so we've got a magical crystal ball and we're going to be staring into it throughout the night and just seeing what comes up will it be good (laughs) will it be bad will it be a trash bag we just don't know or will it be who we've got here I don't know if she's a trash bag or not. We've got our Liberty Nova with us. Yes, and uh, Liberty, why do I suspect that this is the quietest Liberty Nova um, uh, is perhaps <laughs> ever? Because uh, somebody's been sitting quietly in the background here. So uh, tell us a bit about what we can expect from you on the night, uh, Liberty. I know I can get a word in now, can't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, my, my drag predominantly is um, very high energy, kind of like, you know, mainstream RuPaul-esque, really, to be honest with you. Um, so I feel like I'm kind of like the token dancing, high energy, fierce, sexy girl for this show. So I'm going to mainly bring that. I can be animated and do comedy stuff as well, but I'm going to keep to 
what I feel like I've been booked for. Um, so yeah, but you never know, I might bring a twist or two, so you'll have to come down and find out. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, yeah. one of the funny things is that we like after what I've just said about uh, what I've just said about the the Dragon Brighton. I can go anywhere in I can go anywhere in London, and on any given night, I can find a lot of RuPaul esque yeah. uh, drag. And one of the things I've come to learn by owning the drag bus is that an expectation of a lot of my punters is that that's what it's going to be. But weirdly, mm-hmm. and people come to Brighton expecting lots of that, mm-hmm. but there really isn't very much of that kind of drag in Brighton. It's much more seaside drag. Yeah, no, of course. Um, I mean, like kind of Cherry said, I don't want to get into the politics too much, but as someone who's kind of like rather new on the scene, I've been doing drag for about two years now. Um, I've, I've mainly been performing in London simply for that reason, because a lot of the venues in Brighton don't book my kind of drag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- even know you would expect that, though, considering I'm like mainstream RuPaul-esque, you think it might be a bit easier for me, but um doesn't seem to be the case, um, which is why I'm always appreciative of people like Cherry and even King Crimson, who I'm yet to meet in person, but we will get there, yeah. <laughs> um, who make yeah. these shows and will include everyone. Because um, for me, who's someone who lives in Brighton, um, very limited opportunities, um, which might come as a surprise. Oh. So, yeah. And, you know, the uh, one of the things that I when I went to Queer on the Pier in Hastings last year, one mm-hmm. of the things that that uh, that surprised me most was Queer on the Pier last year had the most wonderful and eclectic mix of drag queens. You'd get the Myra de Bois, you'd also got the mm-hmm. RuPaul type, you'd, uh, you'd Cheryl yeah. Hall, you'd got you'd got Lavinia Bell doing, you know, Ness and Dorma at the top of her voice. You'd got a good mix of 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 talent. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, that kind of sounds like what you guys are are bringing to. Yes, to, definitely. To we definitely want to bring the variety. We want people to to show people that there's more than one type of cabaret out there, uh, more than one type of cabaret performer, more than one type of drag performer. Because I think, um, you know, there is a sense that some people think that drag specifically is just one style, mm-hmm. which it's not. And yeah. there's still people that don't don't even know what a drag king is, unfortunately, mm. still, or have never seen a drag king before. So this is definitely something that we want to highlight um, in the House of Yubaba, along with all the other fabulous um, sort of genres of cabaret as well. And even down to, I've got a very dear friend in, in Dublin, um, a, a, a fabulous trans cabaret performer who plays very much with gender and gender identity within the act. And... Um, and that's something you don't really see very much in Dublin. In fact, I should mm-hmm. give you their details to yes, to, to invite them over for uh, for for one of the next events because I'm certain this one's going to be a a bit of a smash. And in terms of getting tickets, uh, I think a lot of our listeners uh, kind of follow some of my socials, but we shall I'll share the socials on. Trans Radio, uh, Facebook and Twitter and so on, so that people can go rather than I'm not going to sit and read off a long event bright uh, URL for people. But um, but if anybody, if you if you're not on the trans uh, radio socials or mine, which is Kevin LGBTQ, if you're not in any of those, if you go to Eventbrite and type in House of Yubaba, that's House H-A-U-S of Yubaba, Y-U-B-A-B-A. Um, I'm certain that will that will pop up, but as I said, it's going to be all over the uh, all over the trans radio socials, so you'll be able to book tickets then. And it's the third of February. Yes. And it's eight to ten p.m. Is this a is it going to be a one off or is this is this dipping toes in water? Is it a one off? Is it going to be a regular event or do you know yet? It's the first um, the first Saturday of every month. Oh, incredible and- monthly. Mm-hmm. monthly and yeah. we we have our core performers that's including us there's eight of us but there's going to be a two, uh, two guest spots so there's going to be two two new faces every month for them Incredible. to enjoy yeah we then we will announce it on our instagram which is how the same way if you spelled it house h-a-u-s or view barber and if they follow us there they'll be able to see all of our events every month Awesome, and presumably anybody that's listening in this evening, uh, if it's a if it's a performer or a cabaret artiste or somebody with a talent, be they be they gay, lesbian, trans, be they any of our fabulous Rainbow family, presumably they can send a message on Insta if yes. they're interested in performing. Absolutely. Yes, that's absolutely yeah. 
Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to coming along, and I'll uh, I'll do a bit of a follow up after uh, after I I come along to it. And uh, folks, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Yeah. I think it's going to be a huge success. And uh, anybody listening, in, as I said, go to the Trans Radio Socials. You'll see everything about it. Thank you all so much. Thank Liberty. you so much. Thank Kevin. you for having us, Crimson Domino. Thank you're you. very welcome. Thank and you, my darlings. And come and see what's in our magic crystal ball and we will tell you your future. You never know what's going to be in there. I shall do indeed. I uh, I shall come and look at your uh, at your crystal ball, uh, Cherry. Said <laughs> <laughs> that one before. <laughs> Take care, We're folks. A beautiful way to Thank end. You. <laughs> Thank you. Have a lovely Bye. evening. Take care. Bye. 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 Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Many website owners don't like their website hosting company or support provider, but are too scared to move to someone else in case they lose their site or it affects their business. Based in Telford at Purple Prince Media, we will move your website to us free of charge with the best support possible. And if you're looking to start up a business, we're also here to design and build your website from the ground up with unbeatable prices on web hosting and dedicated servers. We're also certified Magento developers, which is the world's biggest e-commerce platform. So rest assured, your online business is just a click away. Drop us an email on hello at purpleprints.co.uk or visit purpleprints.co.uk to get started. Purple Prince Media, the local website company. Ever thought about having your own radio show? Well, now you can, as we're looking for presenters to join our team. No experience is needed and minimal equipment required. For more information, email info at transradiouk.com. Transradio UK. Tune in via DAB and Ireland. Download our app via your smart speaker or online at transradiouk.com. Welcome here. Don't go anywhere as we bring you some more trucking, great music and jazz here on Trans Radio UK. And now on the LGBTQ plus late show, I'm joined by somebody who's going to talk to me. Uh, we, we spoke about it at the start of the show, but the biggest thing about 2024, we've covered New Year's uh, resolutions. We've covered everything to do with the new year. But the biggest story of the year, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, there's one brewing which may be slightly bigger at the moment. But what should be one of the biggest stories of this year is going to be the uh, fact that we are more than likely going to have a general election. And... One of the things I really want to uh, go through is what it feels like to stand in a general election, uh, what's involved in it, and who better to ask uh, than the very lovely former MP, Ivor Kaplan. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening to you, Kevin. Lovely to be here. Now, I should uh, I should underline that I know there's, uh, I think it's the 28th of January next year that uh, that there, that there's time to have an election until, but let's face it, by and large, Everybody suspects it's going to be this year. It's they're not going to drag it out to the beginning of next year. Yeah. So you stood, uh, and we'll talk about your we'll talk about your uh, incredibly varied and long career shortly. Uh, but in terms of a general election, what does it look and feel like to stand and be part of and and be part uh, of of that kind of movement? I, I think firstly to say. Uh, there will be a general election this year, uh, just to be clear. Um, I think May and October are both looking either either date could be. So just in general terms, we won't be going to uh, to January. And the only thing to say uh, about where the Tories are at the moment is the hanging on doesn't work. It didn't work for Gordon Brown in 2008. It didn't work for John Major in 1997. Or if you look at Jim Callaghan in 1979, it didn't work for him. So there is a hanging around when the public think, do you know, we want to make our decision. And mm -hmm. I think there's a bit of that hanging around now. So that that's the first thing. For me, in 97, I mean, I was pretty used by then to standing in elections. Obviously, I'd won in, in Hove in 91 and then in 95 and in 96 for the Unitary Authority. And so it, it was a natural thing in some people's mind that I would then become the candidate. I have to say that I never, ever thought of becoming a, a, an MP uh, candidate. I'd, I'd only been to the House of Commons once mm -hmm. in my whole political career 
uh, for one drinks thing. And I thought, oh, this is a rather nice place, but I've got to go elsewhere, uh, you know, back to work in in uh, in, in Surrey. So, you know, it, it, it's those sorts of things that uh, that made, made me think about these things once I got the selection uh, in, in Home and Port Slade. And, of course, I was very proud in a place that I've lived in all my life, or most of it anyway, um, to be to become the first Labour MP uh, in Hove in 1997. I think the but for listeners to to and they probably think that we're running around all day knocking on people's doors. Mm -hmm. To some extent, uh, candidates are running around all day knocking on people's doors, but actually, what the candidate does and what the agent does with the candidate is how it works mm -hmm. and that how it works is you actually want something to work for the the whole of the party who is trying to actually win an election and that's what we had to try and do in uh 1997 we had a small place in uh just just off of portland road and uh yes we we had a we had a great team in there of, of people but it's it, it's what the agent does with those people and what the candidate does with those people that actually makes it work uh, best. And I know, you know, from you know talking to Peter and to Lloyd about these things, they un they get that. They have understood that over the years that they've both been uh, in office. And I think that helps, uh, you know, around the city when mm -hmm. we're trying to win things, you know, like like the election, uh, you know, six months ago. So and I think I think one of the one of the things that uh, I think of all the times that you could have been elected as a Labour MP, I guess there must have been something pretty special about ninety seven. And you know, one of the great shames, one of the really really big shames, is I didn't get back to see. I've I've met with I've met and danced with and interviewed. A uh, number of times in, I mean, I was only starting out. I was doing a BBC apprenticeship back in in Northern Ireland, and met this young singer songwriter who uh, was an aspiring singer songwriter at that point, and uh, who went on. And in fact, what my producer at the time had been in uh, an incredible and very well known Irish band. Uh, and said, oh, I don't know if these guys are going to go far. And next thing they were number one. It was, of course, Doreen. Um, and I interviewed Peter a number of times and uh, and very drunkenly danced with him in nightclubs back at home. And he's from the same home city as I am. And I haven't interviewed him or seen him uh, since after that election. And of course, things can only get better. Just tidal wave that song, Tony Blair, the... Yeah. I mean the infamous the infamous scenes when when Blair swept into power and the real sense of change across Cool Britannia and with the exception I think of the with the exception of the glitch uh, well more than a glitch the tragedy that happened with Princess Diana which let's face it Tony Blair as a very young and very new prime minister handled yeah. with with a poise and uh, a, a skill that that is still covered in. TV mm. programs and movies, but the whole yeah. country felt it was a special time. And for you to have been part of it, tell me a wee bit about that, what it felt like being on the inside. Well, I've not met D-Ream either, but I do know their song very well, like everyone does in the party. Um, uh, I, um, I, I, the, the two things you just, I mean, firstly, the winning of the election is obviously a, a, an event in its own right. And to be standing in Hove Town Hall at, uh, it was just before 2am uh, when we got the result out uh, on, on the Hove thing. And and to some extent, we knew we were going to win by then. Mm -hmm. But, you know, by the time we got to the election day, we knew we were going to win. The Conservative Party at the time, obviously, Tim Sainsbury had retired. So it was a new Conservative and he was up against the leader of the council. I mean, that's a simple thing that sometimes happens in in uh, in elections like this and and um i i think as we got closer to that uh 2am moment you can see the the votes lining up and there's they're not lining up in in wards like we are for local elections 
they're lining up. There's Labour. There's the Tories. There's the Lib Dems. And you could see that, uh, you know, I was two or three thousand ahead mm -hmm. and I was going to win. Yeah. And and the funny thing about that is um, I, I rang the results through because in those days there wasn't very many mobile phones just to yeah. remind people that it wasn't <laughs> yeah. uh, an election that was run by mobile phones. But there were some around that we could use. And I remember just uh, briefly calling um, the party and saying, uh, you know, we've won. And of course, then Tony Blair responds a bit a bit later as he gets on a plane. He says, I think we can be sure that we've won because my seat was about 130 uh, in in the in the in in the numbers, mm -hmm. uh, so you know it was a good one to win, and of course it it led to a whole lot of other things over this last uh, you know twenty five years, mm -hmm. uh, and it's to be proud of in, in in some some respects. And I think that the I think with res, with results coming through, I don't know if maybe it's more tense when you're standing uh, in an election, but I think there's times that you can feel or uh, or judge the atmosphere and where things are going to go. I guess it's maybe slightly harder now. Personally, I think it's as somebody who's uh, as somebody who's always had a very keen interest in politics, I think it was very easy to tell what a result would be uh, some years ago. I think now we're all very skewed by what what people on social media refer to as the Hillary effect, where so many people were certain that that she would win because, Nowadays, your demographic of friends on social media, all the chatter you see tends to be from like-minded people. So you're very easily influenced to believe that your belief is going to be the winning one. Um, mm. But it's, I mean, a blind man could have seen, for me, a blind man could have seen the Brexit result and and could have seen it coming. And I remember sitting in the south of France as those first two northeast results came in going, yeah, this is, this is, this is going to carry. Mm. And um I guess social media, what's it how do you use that as a tool? Has that made things more difficult, less difficult? Has it given you a louder voice? How does it how's because I'm carrying that on from what you said about mobile phones and, and yeah, not okay. having them in ninety seven. Yeah. So what has social media done? I I think social media is a good thing in general terms. I mean, obviously there is abuse going on uh, on all sorts of matters, uh, you know, racism and uh, anti Semitism and all sorts of you know, homophobic behavior and all those sort of things are there in, in social media. And it is very difficult to challenge that and very difficult to to see through it. But I think in, in general view, I think most politicians will say it's a reasonably good thing uh, for social media. Um, and what do you do? I mean, it's something that's live in the country that you want to be a member of. You can't really say... Uh, oh, we don't want social media. You know, we're going to stop Facebook or, you know, silly things like that, that, that some people say, and I think you just have to go, to go, to go with it uh, uh, rather than against it. And you can only hope that in doing that, that ev everyone get, gets to feel that it's fair. Mm -hmm. um, and there are problems, of course, with social media. And we've, we've had that, you know, many times over the years, but, I think in general, we, you know, I, th I think it's probably the right thing. It's uh, I I very much so got on the wrong side a few years ago on social media uh, of the uh, of the very lovely Green Party here in uh, in Brighton. What I, I I put about who would have known they had such a loyal and and uh, and slightly threatening supporter base here in Brighton. And um, you know, I took a photograph of. Brunswick Terrace strewn with Green Party leaflets um, and just put it up on Twitter going, you know, haven't seen Labour or Tories scatter paper mm. everywhere, but well done, Green Party. Well, you would have thought I'd killed everybody's firstborn. And uh, yeah, I think about 400 tweets later, I was very much the victim of hate. So I got no wrong yeah. side of social media. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for that. I, I mean, you know, I think that was four years ago, maybe even eight years ago in terms of local councils. Uh, and, you know, the Greens had their time and uh, that came to an end uh, on in, in May this year. So, oh, sorry, May last year now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, so, 
you know, we, we, we worked hard to do that and uh, we got a result. And, and that that is good politics. And I think yeah. that's something that, that the public uh, enjoyed. You know, lots and lots of people in the public said to me, you know, it was an important set of elections and they wanted to see the end of the Greens and they wanted to give Labour a chance to go back to where we were 20 years ago as a unitary authority in actually being able to manage things. And, you know, Steve Bassam and I are very proud of that period of time uh, when when we were able to do that. And, uh, you know, we hope that uh, Bella and her team will will follow follow that that route. And I think they will. And I think one of the one of the things I hadn't uh, really realised was that you were the leader of Hove Council uh, before mm. it amalgamated with Brighton uh, and ultimately became Brighton and Hove uh, yeah. City Council. And I hadn't realised that. I think it was. Uh, I think it was. And for anybody listening in, uh, Ivor, Ivor, uh, and I have had many conversations over a pint or two in a in a, a local pub. And I think it was one evening that you you mentioned that, and I didn't yeah. realise that was so recent. I thought they had amalgamated many, many, many decades ago. Actually, if you think about it, in 96, we had the elections for the Unitary Authority, mm -hmm. which then came into power on the 1st of June, 1997, strangely, which is why I stood down, you know, a few months later, so that uh, Les Hamilton, who's just retired, uh, could then become um, uh, the candidate in Portslade South. So that, that, that was um, what, what we did. But in general terms, um, you know, it, it it actually didn't become a city, just to say, until mm -hmm. the year 2000, because it was a celebration. I can't remember which celebration it was for the then Her Majesty the Queen, but there was some celebration in 2000. And part of that was the creation of four new cities, of which Brighton and Hove was one. Mm -hmm. And the point being, by being Brighton and Hove, we had a much bigger population, just around yes. 300,000, and that put us into the city category. So that being wow. a city is only, what, 23 years old. You see, I am learning. Already I'm learning on the show as well tonight because as a as a relative blow-in, I've only been in, in, in Hope for five and a half years. But to me, that's shocking because I lived in Salisbury for many, many years, way back when. Yep. Now, to me, Salisbury, you know, it's it's the size of a... a it's the size of nothing. It's it's the size of tuppence, and it basically the cathedral got it. It's it's city status all those and the military and the military, of course. Yeah. Uh, all those years ago, and I'm shocked. I genuinely had no idea that it was so recent that it got city status. Yeah, I should just say about this twenty year thing, which is quite interesting, because uh, for those who who also recall the fact that when I was minister in the Ministry of Defence. I introduced this badge for all veterans. Mm -hmm. uh, and I broadly, you do things that you think are good as a, as, a, as a minister. Anyway, these little badges that we've seen on thousands and thousands of people, it's not just mm -hmm. veterans, it's other people who get you know, the badge because they've done something in the military and all that sort of thing. It's 19 years old. This wow. May will be 20 years old. And in terms of legacy that people often talk about in politics, I have to say, uh, I was at a lunch yesterday and this guy came up to me and he said, you're the guy who started those badges, aren't you? <laughs> now, you know, this is 19 and a half, you know, nearly 20 years ago and people are still coming up to me and saying, you know, that's who you are. And, yeah. and I think that's a really nice thing, uh, a way to go forward for, you know, for how it's been. But yeah, you're sure, that's what you did, you know, well done. <laughs> I mean that's it is incredible and 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 I whenever I was doing some research on you beforehand I I hadn't realized that it was you who who introduced that and this show I mean the station but particularly this show is very supportive of veterans we always do our special uh, we always do our uh, our special uh, on remembrance sunday and we've had some fantastic guests uh, we've had yeah. some fantastic guests over the years and if you haven't had uh, the if you haven't heard the interview with deborah penny go in and listen because in terms of veterans she is somebody that will blow your socks off it's on the podcast somewhere but uh, absolutely well, incredible and i think yeah well done I'll to you as well find it. Well done to you for 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 introducing that. So, so Tony Blair swept into power. There was that feeling yeah. of elation, 
and uh, that's some years before you you became the minister. But what was it like, just in terms of? I mean, you said you'd been into Westminster once prior to that. So, mm. what was it like? First day at school, you've got your new uniform on. You've got yep. your uh, you've got your big boy trousers on. What did it feel like? Um, the first week was chaotic, to be fair. Um, you know, there was no offices available because you've got to get everyone out of offices before you can get people in. And, you know, all we really had at that point um, was the one thing that we'd planned, which was to ask the, the council, Hove Council, uh, before we got to June the 1st, if we could take over the old mayor's area at the top of um, what was then Hove Council, Town Hall uh, as a as a uh, as a place for um, for me and the office. So that we had our office there for the whole eight years, and that was a. I mean, we paid for it, by the way, just before anyone rings in and says, <laughs> oh, "You surely didn't pay for this." Well, no, we did. We had a proper renting arrangement with the city council eventually, um, and uh, we ran we ran our offices from there, and it was a very useful thing for us. Mm -hmm. um and and you know and particularly later on when security became more and more important um in 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 that area uh, that was a very very important uh, uh time that we we were able to go from there rather than somewhere else mm -hmm. now and uh we're going to come back to that and and come back to those times but we're going to take a very quick commercial break and uh we shall be right back after these messages Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Are you trans and non-binary and feel like drugs or alcohol are impacting your life negatively? Why not check out Trans Sober? We're a grassroots peer support group for the community, by the community. Find us at www.transsober.org and join us online or come to one of our weekly drop-ins. We also offer other useful resources. Trans Radio UK, a global radio station the whole LGBTQ plus community can be proud of. Did you know you can advertise with us for less than a pound a day? Call 0207 856 0584 or email sales at transradiouk.com. Win £25,000 and help truck listeners at the same time. Enter the Rainbow Lottery and click Truck Listens as your chosen organisation. And not only can you win £25,000, 50p of every ticket purchased will go to Truck Listens. Please see www.transradiouk.com and click Win £25,000 for more details. Trans Radio UK is on right now. Across the UK and beyond. Now, now, more of the music you love. Trans Radio UK. Welcome back. You are listening to the LGBTQ Plus Late Show with myself, Kevin, here on Trans Radio. And I've still got Ivor uh, with me. And Ivor, we were talking about uh we were talking about that era just after the 97 election. And I mean, I I the reason I, I kept focusing on that so much is because I just find it a really interesting, I find it a really interesting time in the, just in times of the, in terms of the societal change that we went through, in terms mm. of the feeling of, and forgive me, I appreciate that you're still uh, very much so part of the Labour Party. Mm. I think uh, if, I'd like to think when uh, we whilst whilst the station is impartial we as presenters are very much so uh entitled to whatever our own beliefs are and i hope labor storms to to victory because quite frankly the, the current crop of tory ministers mm -hmm. and the current government leaves a lot to be desired so i do hope it's a, a labor win but the one thing that i find it a struggle to picture is that there will be the same sense of change as when Tony Blair I appreciate Tony Blair was a much younger man than what uh, than what Keir is and mm -hmm. I appreciate that we were in a very different time but I think is it an apathy towards politics is it the fact that young people are so disengaged from politics at the minute that because let's face it it was it was young people that helped bring about that incredible 
enthusiasm? Uh, is it that Keir's not as dynamic as, as Tony Blair? What? Why would I not be alone in that thought that there's not going to be the same uh, elation or jubilation? I think, firstly, we have to say there isn't another Tony Blair. doesn't yeah. matter who you are, what you are. There's no, you know, uh, you could say the same in, in, in other forms, you know, about Margaret Thatcher or, or Jim Callaghan or Churchill and all those sort of great prime ministers over, over the years. For the Labour Party, in, in the general election, we, or sorry, after the general election, which we hope to win, uh, and of course, not a single vote has yet been cast, so we can't be complacent about this. But from an LGBTQ uh, area, we have to look again at what we did in that 10-year period under Tony Blair. We changed so many things, including, of course, getting rid of Section 28, which was an abuse of particularly teachers in, in education. And so by making all those changes uh, that we did in that five-year period, for instance, bringing you know, gays in the military were, were permitted, um, and all those sort of things, puts us in a very, very significant position of what we did. I think in terms of where we are now in Brighton and Hove with the biggest trans community um, in, in, in the UK, that, of course, people want everyone to be treated fairly. And that's exactly what the Labour Party should try and do when we get to that. There is a separate issue in trans world, if I can say it like that, about sport. Mm -hmm. And that's extremely difficult because that's a different professional matter. Uh, but that's very different from a lot of my friends who we've uh, met when we've been out and about, Kevin, who, who we know love being trans. And, and what's what's the problem? There isn't a problem. Um, you know, so I do, do think that, that that's exactly what the public will expect from us. They will expect us to be able to be realistic about all those things and not some of the stuff that we have heard over the last, I don't know, six, nine months from the Conservative Party, which mm -hmm. isn't really anything. And of course, they were objecting to all those things in from 97 to 2007. And, you know, mm -hmm. so so I think there is a history here of how Labour dealt with um, the, you know, all the issues that, that lesbians, gays wanted. And we need to actually uh, get that going again. And in order to make sure that, that trans people are treated properly and fairly uh, at all times, and it, and, it, and it shouldn't make any difference. I don't think we've got time to talk about the sports issue. That's a wholly different issue. Absolutely. And it doesn't be dealt with by the professional organisations. And I think one of the things that, uh, one of the things, certainly from my opinion, uh, one of the things with any, with any government or with any political party, my personal belief is, you know, keep your keep your eyes uh, and hands uh, out of our sexuality, out of our gender, out of our uh, yeah. believe in equality for all. But when it comes to anything more than that, do not be one of the most disgusting and vile as a, as a very strong trans ally, one of the most disgusting and vile uh, times I've ever seen a political uh, ball thrown across a court and bounced back left, right and centre was the Tory leadership race where all uh, four candidates came out as came out with anti-trans statements. And uh, I think we have a responsibility to stand up uh, just as, uh, you know, just as 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 um, our trans brethren stood behind when we wanted marriage equality rights yeah. for for gay yeah. people. We have to stand behind uh, our, our trans brothers and sisters. And it's great to hear somebody from the political arena actually stand up and uh, be so uh, be so supportive because, frankly, it's it's a football being kicked around, which should not be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing to say, you know, obviously you know, gay, gays have been, uh, you know, 40, 40 plus years, lesbians about the same. And, you know, we've been able to to carry that forward. Now we need to do it for those who, who wish to be trans, trans women, trans men. I mean, just doesn't, we shouldn't have any of these conversations in, in my view. Yeah. And that's where, where I think the, that uh, Labour will get to um, if and when uh, we are fortunate enough to be elected.
Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's lovely to hear that from somebody who's uh, who's a member uh, of the, the the Labour Party. And uh, I mean, is it because you're a member of the LGBT community uh, that you're more insightful on it, or is it uh, is it just years of working with? I mean, I think it's very fair to say that Labour is significantly uh much more lgbtq uh, friendly mm. and traditionally has been than the tory yeah. party um yeah. so so is does your uh does your experience with it come because you're part of the community or because you're labor or both i think it's a, it's a bit of both but in particular you know i stand i stand by all 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 those issues that i've just referred to but at the same time when you look back at that 10 year period 97 to 2007 you, you you start to understand that there was a lot needed to be done. For instance, uh, getting rid of Section 28 took us nearly five years mm -hmm. because of the way that the system uh, deals with some of those pieces of legislation when you're trying to get rid of an old, uh, a previous piece of legislation. Mm -hmm. And because what the, the, in, the, the outgoing party tend to do is to add stuff in late, so that it makes it more difficult to do mm -hmm. uh, and they had so you know those sort of things are extremely frustrating and i remember those frustrations that people had and raised with us but eventually we got to the right thing and i think the one thing to say uh, as we get closer to the general election is you've got to give the labor party the chance to show that to the public there's no point us rushing around trying to pretend it's going to happen quickly it won't happen quickly but it will happen like it did in that period, 97 to 2007. Excellent. Listen, uh, we've got to cap it off there this evening. Ivor, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, I, I've i always been fascinated by that 97. That's when I cut my teeth. I've been, I'd only been in London a couple of years. The fact that I know Peter and uh, things are going to get better were behind it. I love that era in politics. It was, it was a time of hope and change and uh yeah it's lovely to talk to you and get a bit more insight into that whole era thank you so much for joining me thank you kevin and i wish you and the party all the very best uh at what, what will hopefully be a very very soon election I, i've noted that matter <laughs> take care have a lovely uh rest of the evening thank you thank you cheers bye bye this is TransRadioUK.com, transmitting throughout the UK and the world. Did I not tell you it was going to be a great show? Listen to me getting all self-congratulatory, but I really want to thank my guests because they made it so much fun to dive straight back into the LGBTQ plus late show uh, at the start of this. What, what, what? Let's visualize it. Let's, let's invite an incredible year in for all of us. And so to those guests, Terry Fakewell, Liberty Nova, King Crimson, and of course, Ivor Kaplan, a huge thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll be here same time, same place, 9 p.m. Trans Radio next week. Thank you all for listening. And I'll talk to you then.